It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits. Thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I ask that you forgive us of our sins and iniquities and transgressions and our shortcomings. Those things, Lord, that place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm asking right now that you really put a special blessing on this group. I'm asking, Lord, that you can strengthen the body of Christ wherever they are. I'm asking that we live to our full potential in you, Lord, and do all that you command us that we understand what is great and acceptable in your eyes. I'm asking that you bless Jake, Lord. I believe he has the gift of evangelism. And I'm asking that you give him that strength to go forward. Lord, I'm asking that you bless Sarah, Lord, in her prayer. I'm asking that you strengthen her, Lord, and place an anointing on it. Lord, I'm asking that you bless my brothers Martin and uh, Eric, Lord, that you give them strength to continue to do what they do in you. Lord, that you build us all up to do your will, that we may become teachers, apostles, pastors, prophets, Lord, and evangelists. Lord, I'm asking that you bless my friend Mikhail, Lord, his uncle. Lord, uh, has six more months to live. But Lord, I'm believing in you. I know that you can do all things. I know, Lord, through your power that there is nothing too hard for you. And I'm asking that you bless his family, Lord, that you heal his uncle, where he is broken, and that you pull this body together, Lord, that we may bear fruit and do all things in your name. I'm asking, Lord, that you bind every spirit of sickness, every foul spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, covetousness, Lord, maliciousness, hatred, envy, Lord, anything that keeps us from you, whatever it is, Lord, that is not of the Spirit of God, I'm asking that it be cast out. I'm asking, Lord, that we not speak in error, that we do all things in your name, but only to glorify you. Lord, take care of your people and all that we need to do. There are so many souls out there, so many lost and broken people. And Lord, what you need on display right now are the manifested sons of God. So I'm asking that you pick us up and when we live to our godly inheritance, not beneath it. For you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, the only righteous and true just, faithful, and holy God. God, do it for your honor. Do it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so tonight's study is going to be on the book of Colossians. We're going to go through it. We have a few side scriptures that will explain a lot, but it's called the Epistle of Colossians. Uh, Live up to your godly inheritance. And that's something we can all work on, that we can all practice, that we can all want to do right. You know, I mean, we can't afford to live below it because there's so many things. You got your Bible? Oh, okay. There's so many uh, things in this world that just try and keep us from getting into the spirit. So I'm asking, you know, we're not so concerned for numbers as we are, you know, quality. Everyone that's um, working towards the goal. And I just want the Lord to put a special prayer out for us that he keeps us strong, keeps us from distraction. You know, one thing the enemy wants to stop 
is God's will. So um, I'm going to read a little on Colossians, uh, what that period was about. I'm just going to, you know, just to refresh, just to give us a little something on the church of Colossae. Uh, okay, the author, date, and place of writing. Uh, the Colossians is a genuine letter of Paul. is not usually disputed. In the early church, all who spake, all who spoke on the subject of author, if authorship scribe, ascribe it to Paul. In the 19th century, however, some thought that the heresy refuted to uh, uh, Corinthians 2, I believe, was secondary, was second century Gnosticism. Okay, that's what they mean, second century Gnosticism. Uh, but a careful analysis on um, on it shows that the heresy referred to there is noticeably uh, less developed than the Gnosticism of leading Gnostic teachings of the second and third centuries. Also, the seeds of what later became the full-blown Gnosticism of the second century were present uh, in the first century and already making inroads into the churches. Consequently, it is not necessary to date Colossians uh, in the second century at the time too late for Paul to have written the letter. Instead, it is to be dated during Paul's first imprisonment in Rome, where he spent at least two years under house arrest. They say to see Acts 28, you know, 16 to 31. Uh, some have argued that Paul wrote Colossians from Ephesus or Caesarea, which is pretty much Philippi, you know, where the Philippians were. But most of the evidence favors Rome uh, as a place where Paul penned all the, let all the prison letters Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. Colossians should be dated uh, 60 AD uh, in the same year as Ephesians and Philemon. Funny about that is, it seems like Paul's work was finished just before we got to, um, you know, 70 AD when the temple was destroyed. <coughs> so all of Paul's work was around that time, and I think what people misunderstand about Paul is that he, uh, I mean, the guy went through some stuff. <laughs> I mean, as, as much as he was loved and, you know, he did all these things for the Lord, you know, Paul suffered greatly. It wasn't like he was just a man just skating through life, preaching the gospel boldly. Where man, that, they tried to come against him. Good, Eric. Where did that CH2, uh, the chapter 2, maybe that's chapter It could have been. That could have been it, Yeah. Might be. Yeah. We'll probably run into that here just a little bit. That's true. <laughs> You're right. So, yeah, we're going to go to uh, Colossians 1. We'll start at the first verse. Get some breakdown on it. I actually love it because lately I've been disputing with uh, scientists, you know, people that believe that the Bible itself is not scientifically based you know there's no evidence to support a lot of these stories are fairy tales so we're going to actually come up with a study that's going to debunk a lot of this nonsense from renowned scientists and then we're going to relate it to the scriptures why people need to understand like the bible says let god be true and every man be a liar mm -hmm. so you know they're trying to talk about how the flood didn't happen all this stuff man i've found so much evidence that scientists actually believe in this worldwide flood, and they can tell you all the lies 
that evolution tried to come against it. So that's going to be an interesting study when we get that one up and running. Yeah, I wonder where you're finding fish up on top of a mountain in Utah. Yeah, exactly. I guess they just decided they evolved. Yeah. You know, then, then they just stopped flying. We've done a lot of rock counting over the years, and we did a bunch of fossil. We looked for a bunch of fossils over in Utah. And mm-hmm. things. That's a thousand miles inland. There's... Possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, and if you think about it, you know, <coughs> up where, everything. Mm-hmm, and up where the Grand Canyon just stops and all that, I mean, mm-hmm. even the Colorado River, and you look at all that, it looks like like something came through that area, and that's what was left, you yeah. know, after it was destroyed. Yeah. And if you notice, it's like in layers, yeah. but they'll tell you that that's the Colorado River cutting through, and everything open is opening up, but that's not the case at all. You know, so water uh, over some loose dirt that just happens to have some rock underneath. Right, because it looked pretty much washes it clean. Right, it looked like there was a powerful rock. current that came through there, and I mean, just destroyed that whole area. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is uh, Colossians one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Colossi actually means, um, you know, the Greek word there means uh, monstrosity, you know, so I guess that's got something to do with maybe the, um, I'm not sure, but, you know, like the seven wonders of the ancient world, they talk about that Colossus, you know, um, statue, you guys ever heard of that? statue? Yeah, Yeah, that big one, I mean, I'm not sure if it's related, but it's called monstrosity. Like colossal, that's where we get that word. Right. So it was a big port area, they claim, a large growing city that was under the Roman Empire. Okay, uh, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love which ye have uh, to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word uh, of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doeth uh, also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth, uh, as ye also learned of Epaphras, uh, our dear uh, fellow servant, who was with you, uh, a faithful minister of Christ. You know, we went over him in um, Philippians. He's actually like a, uh, um, an elder in the church of Philippi, just a good man of God. Uh, verse 8, uh, who also declared uh, unto us uh, your love in the spirit. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, uh, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So we need to get something on this because he's saying in verse 9 about desiring to be filled. They're praying that these guys in Colossae be filled of the spirit. What would follow would be the knowledge which is something that we can't afford to miss with the Lord and all his wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, you see, what they're talking about here in so many words 
is kind of like the gifts that fell on Jesus Christ. And of course, Samson had, you know, what his seven locks represented. So from here, hold where you are. Let's go to Isaiah 11 real quick. So this letter, was it like sent to somebody in that city, or is it just they sent somebody to actually speak um, it in front of people? I think it was a letter just written, you know, that they kept on, you know, like the information. He probably sent Timothy or, you know, one of his others, you know, trusted people. And went to like a forum or something and whoever came to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Paul at this point, man, everybody knew who he was because he even checked on many of these churches twice. And, you know, you stir up some trouble in the Roman Empire, you're going to be known. Right. They're going to tell you stay away from him or else. <clears throat> right. <laughs> you know, so we'll go to Isaiah 11. We'll start at the first verse. Now, if we're supposed to be transformed into the image of Christ, because I believe that this is what Paul was speaking about. Listen to what's going to fall on Jesus. Um, Isaiah 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. They're talking about Christ. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, uh, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And shall make him a quick, I mean, of quick understanding uh, in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. So we're talking spiritual understanding, like we were just talking about with Paul. Spiritual discernment. You know, that's the thing that you don't want to miss. And then it says, uh, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with a rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Uh, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. So he's even wearing the armor. See, it's funny how Paul brought up these things, but this is something that people would understand that Jesus Christ walked in, which is why the world itself couldn't get to him. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to bring that point up, that when Paul is talking that he's praying, for the Colossians to eventually have these things, what Paul was actually saying is, we pray that you get conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, that you become a manifested son of God. Right. And you're going to see more of these uh, show up after verse 9. And then it says, that ye might walk worthy uh, of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful uh, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See? Strengthen all with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. So it's so funny how that's brought up, but remember, you know, the spirit of might was one of the seven spirits of God that fell on Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So Paul is actually saying that, you know, he's praying that they become this way. Right. So obviously Paul walked in these offices. Right. You can't pray for someone to have something if you don't even know what it is. Right. So obviously he walked in it to be able to be transformed. Yep. Okay, uh, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us uh, meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us uh, into the kingdom of his dear son. So what we understand here is that darkness itself is power. 
the fact of the matter that all of us had gotten saved and found the Lord. I mean, look at how many deceptions there are out there in the world. Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny that you just managed to fall on the right side of things? That the Lord actually called and you came. Mm -hmm. Think about what we could have been into. We could have been Catholics. You know, at best, we could have been Jehovah's Witnesses. We could have been anything in this world that wasn't, you know, um, falling on the right side of truth. And the fact that we heard it and received it and wanted it, mm -hmm. you know, not just hearing it. Oh, yeah, that's nice. But I believe that everybody's a Christian that says the name of Jesus. But look at how he selected and chose certain people that you would hear the truth and believe <clears throat> it and seek more truth and want to get further into the Lord. That's an important thing. I mean, because you got 7.2 billion people, and I would imagine, I mean, 7 billion people are lost. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe even more than that. I mean, and you think about the fact that the truth gets around to us. Now, there are a lot of people that know the truth, but they themselves have even fallen away, you know, or maybe something happened where they just stopped believing. But the fact that we want to cling to this, I mean, that is a mighty work of God if you think about it. Okay, so we're going to even prove about the darkness of this world. Let's go to um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We'll start at the first verse. But, you know, I, I thank the Lord as much as I can when I think about it that he's kept my mind in peace and seeking truth. When I could have been in so many different things, you know, I mean, you just could have had one or two circumstances that just <laughs> told you, man, I don't want to serve God. Right. Look at what's going on in my life. The fact that he didn't take me in my sins, you know, I mean, that's a, just an awesome God that he gave me up into the age of 35, 36 to start following him. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was a sinner for 35 years, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just something to think about. I mean, if you just. Let it resonate with you, man. Like, what an awesome thing. Well, he's like this from the very beginning. Well, exactly. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1. You there? Yeah. All right. Therefore, seeing we have uh, this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. So, in other words, because they've received this ministry from the Lord, you know, like um, Philippians said, he that began a good work and you will finish it. So if the Lord has actually started something, man, the last thing you want to do is stop working because he made it possible right. uh, too. but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness. Look at all he took us from, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So we were all lost in the world before the Lord came to us. I'm telling you, I've had a rough week, man, with dealing with these scientists and dealing with people. The more they spoke to me, the more I recognized, man, these guys are really lost. I mean, because in the scientific mindset, it's not so much that they believe in evolution, but a scientist's mind is kind of like, well, if 
we can't accept God as an answer. We know that evolution is not true. But we have to find another theory to support that, you know, like in, in a carnal sense. Like we have to have an explanation for this, guys, and God ain't cutting it. So we got to come up with something else. But imagine being that lost. Imagine being that indoctrinated by the world that you just feel, I cannot accept God because he's not here. Even though you have mathematics and science all through creation. Right. They, their knowledge. There you go. And they don't want to receive the truth. So It's education. That's right. Indoctrination, programming. <laughs> but it's true. It's like, but if the gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. And the God of this world is totally responsible for this. Where people think, an amazing thing about scientists, they'll tell you, I came to this conclusion through my knowledge, not realizing, man, they picked you up from a child and indoctrinated you to get away from the truth in God and make you believe it was you that came up with the idea. Right. Now, that's, that's the awe. Well, I don't want to say awe because I don't reverence him. But that's the power of someone like Satan. Satan can get you to turn against God and make you believe it's your ideas and make you believe that you're still a Christian, but you just, excuse me, that you just separate science from, right, you know, and somehow that's okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to believe everything that's in here to be a Christian. This is the mindset. I believe certain things that I can understand, all the other things that I can't with a carnal mind, it's got to be a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. There can't be a flood of Noah's. What flood of Noah's would have handled getting smashed up on the rocks and all these other things? Oh, we have a fossil record. Men of deep research research told me that these are the periods in which, you know, these, these animals lived. When they're nothing but fossils from the flood, there's nothing bizarre about them, you know, that, other than their fossils. And then they'll say, okay, we heard about the sedimentary rock. We heard about the fact that you got different periods. But why do you have some of the same animals at the bottom and then you got others at the top? Ken Hovind covers this and he's right. There are different animals with different bone density, just like you would do with the sand when it settles in a cup of water. It's going to land where its density is. So you're going to have these marks. But you see, if you've been told through extensive research that these people that are so uh, intelligent and so studied, if they came up with this, then certainly you can't turn turn against that. So what you've become, you can't be a Christian. You're a humanist. You believe in the wisdom of man. You believe in the wisdom of this world. You believe that if man can't explain it, then it didn't happen. Right. So that takes God out of the equation and, again, making a person lost. Pride itself can blind you. You know, And I don't mean to go into this. We're, we're standing Colossians, but it's just something that some people are so deceived that they totally believe that they're dead right and they're wrong they're but they their own god mm -hmm. that's right and what you also understand too is the fact that i think many of them realize i hear what you're saying but if i believe it then that means that my master's degree is a joke that means that my phd was all a lie and many people can't accept that why because they saw themselves as nothing up until someone told them you have arrived. Yeah. You've made it good, Mark. 
I got a perfect example of that. Sometimes yeah. when you look up in the sky, you know, you see the sun over here and you see the moon over here. Mm -hmm. It's like daytime. Mm -hmm. But when you when you look at the shadow of the moon, it's perpendicular to a point that's up there. Mm -hmm. So I, I looked that up. It's like, you know, how, how can this be? So there's like a whole bunch of, you know, things on, on, online about that. And there's like mm -hmm. this long paper from a, uh, this, you know, major university, I forget which one it was. Mm -hmm. So they call it an illusion. So they had to make this... Uh, this very complicated formula and like you know different angles and different things that to actually prove that it's a it's it's you know it, it's just some sort of optical illusion. Right. So it's like instead of just saying okay, well, it doesn't make sense if the points if the shadow points like it's coming from up above, but yet the sun is over here to the left. Right. It's like <laughs> exactly. I mean, are you telling me I'm just like insane or something? Mm -hmm. and you have to. I don't know, it's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But he's right, it's obvious. But they'll come up with these babblings to try and make you seem stupid. Anytime you corner a scientist, they'll go into a whole list of explanations. But you can sit there and tell them, well, but I'm seeing it. They're seeing yeah, it. but it's right here. Yeah. So you want me to believe my lying eyes just for your theory, you know, <laughs> to support what you're saying? Forget about that. Exactly. Scientists, scientists' safety net really is... Additional numbers, mm -hmm. adding on to something, making it beyond what anyone, any, any non-scientist could possibly understand. That's it, right. Add more words to it, add more numbers to it, mm -hmm. and so people don't understand it. It's and true. It must be intellectual. Exactly. <clears throat> and that's what they'll tell you, the Institute of Higher Learning. So they have to know what's true. And we have to rest everything on the authority of God in mm -hmm. his word. There's so much in this Bible. I think I discovered DNA in here. I'm telling you, in Psalm 139, yeah. I mean, it just sounds like when he said all of the members, all of the, yeah, my members were written before I was formed. Right. Now, anyone can tell you about DNA, it looks like information. You know, they'll even tell you, you can read DNA like information. You know, so it's just interesting that I don't believe the Lord is outside of all this stuff. Of course, the Lord is a scientist. He's a real scientist, though. He knows how to build. He knows how to put things together. He's an awesome God. But they try and look at it like, but we don't see him. Okay, so how did it get here? How do you blast off into space and find a chair with two lampstands and two, and two chairs and a table? Okay, now how do you get all of this? Now, where did that come from? Oh, then they'll give more credit to aliens than they will to God. But then the question is, who created them? But this is the blinded minds of people who can't seek the wisdom of God because they're world conscious. And that degree told you that you are worth more than anything out there. And a lot of these guys get deceived, too, because they'll go out looking for work <laughs> and then realize there is no work. You know, there's nothing here. But they think as soon as I have this degree, the whole world is supposed to come to me. And many of them wake up, then why are you still unemployed? You know, why didn't they come and seek you? Also, I, I researched, there are thousands of scientists that do not believe in evolution. Mm -hmm. There's a small percentage of scientists, a few names, maybe 20, that believe in it. And they probably don't either, but somebody's got to uphold the lie. You know, but the ones that, that don't believe, oh, they pushed all those guys aside. Yeah. I got a documentary down there called Evolution's Achilles Heel. And, and, I mean, 15 scientists are telling you, even with all the research and all that they're doing, it's not possible. Yeah. There still has to be a designer. If you get a bunch of letters, they still have to read. You don't just have scrambled information. There has to be an intelligent mind that puts everything in order. 
It so, really good. I've watched it like four or five times. Yeah, she ordered it. I lent it to her. She ordered it and uh Evolution's Achilles Heel. I'm gonna actually let you hold it. It's down there somewhere. I'll pull it up for you. But you know, it's just an example of the blinded minds. I'm not getting off the subject, but this is why a lot of people can't follow the Lord, because they're world conscious. Okay, so from there we'll go back to Colossians. You know, I just want to read that, but it's been a rough week dealing with this stuff. And I'll tell you, they think that you're not talking logic if you're not talking evolution or you're not talking their scientific question? research. Go ahead. And I'll just make it real quick. Yeah, good. When it comes, one of the deceptions with the fossil record is they say that it takes like millions of years. When mm -hmm. if something is fossilized, it has to be very quick. Not millions of years, because if it's if it takes that long, then you have decay, you have other animals... Everything is going to set in to that animal. So if it's fossilized, it has to be like that. Yeah, and they think that petrified stuff takes forever when you got petrified teddy bears. Right. Just to show you that these people, man, they've done a number on the, on the people. And, you know, Satan knew how to blind a person is fill them in pride. If I'm full of pride, I can't step down. Right. Just like the Pharisees. That's right. You know, that's exactly right. They would never see the truth in the Lord because they were proud. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's verse 12. 14. Okay, 14, because we went over the darkness, mm -hmm. you know, um, 14. And whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created. Now, that word for firstborn, I know a lot of people like to use it, and they think, well, you know, Jesus was a created being. It means begotten. He was like called forth from the Father. He was not a created being. He was brought forth from the beginning. You know, he was in the beginning with the Father. Now, I'm not going to speculate on what I think concerning that. I mean, is it possible that God was like us? And when I mean like us, I mean just... Wow. One, and he took out part of him. You know, I'm not, I don't even want to go there. You know, I can save that for a study outside of, you know, what we're talking about. But, you know, he was called forth from the Father. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, I believe when he was called forth, he was called forth to do what the Father said. Mm -hmm. But I think that he had always existed in the bosom of the Father. Like Jesus Christ said, you know, he was in the bosom of the Father. A lot of times they refer to <clears throat> like the firstborn son or whatever is the one who gets all the inheritance. So mm -hmm. he'd be the that that might be what he's getting at right. too. Right. And he was the first called forth, you know. Um yeah. you also have the first like, you know, what well, people will follow after it. He was the first raised from the dead. We intend to do also, mm -hmm. you know, following the Lord. So it's kinda like the firstborn, first fruits, you know, like you said, first of the inheritance. You know, but I looked that word up in the Greek, and a lot of people want to think that he was born like a baby. He was called forth from the Father. John 1 says that he was there in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, they said Jesus came from everlasting in Micah 5 2. They didn't say he was, you know, he was brought forth way back when. He was from everlasting, meaning that he had always existed. Only God can answer a question like that. I'm just telling you what the word means, right. but. It's hard to wrap your mind around that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Jesus is God, our firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, 
So we know that there's an invisible realm. But a scientist will never tell you this or understand this. Why? I'm natural-minded. If I can't see it, if I can't hear it, if I can't touch it or taste it, then it can't be real. And this is where their learning stops, and they need to relearn and be born again and understand what's really going on. That's right. You have to see their heaven, see it their eyes, just like Timothy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. Uh, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Now, I can tell you guys with no doubt, these are ranks of angels. There are thrones, there are virtues, there are principalities, powers, there are cherubim, seraphim, you know, you name it, archangels. You know, there are different ranks, watchers. I can't remember where I actually found that, but in a lot of um, Jewish, um, you know, because I do believe a part of Judaism did have something to do with Christianity. Obviously, they were Jewish. They were Jew-born, okay? They were called forth. I mean, they were God's people, but there is information stating that there were nine ranks of angels. Now, I can't say which ones, but I know when you look these up in Greek or Hebrew, absolutely, they they come out as as angels, Paul said, now think about this. Now let's just say, if someone wants to argue that these aren't angels, then how can Paul say, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood? So that excludes everything physical, guys. But people miss that point. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So we're talking spiritual. But principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. Who's the ruler of this world? You know it's no man and spiritual wickedness in high places. So how could that be anything other than ranks of angels? You know, and demons. This is what people need to understand. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is above all these things. All things were created by him and for him, and that includes Satan. Satan himself might have been the worship leader, you know, used by the Lord, doing the Lord's will before he got puffed up in pride, and he fell. But even Satan himself was created by Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, so that ought to tell you. And then it says 17, for he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn raised from the dead. See, you know, it's funny how that word firstborn is being used here. He's the firstborn raised from the dead. Why didn't they just say he's the first? So this is why we can't get caught up in, you know, in English, firstborn. Because he's the firstborn raised from the dead. That means he's the first to go through the experience and come forward. You know, so um, raised from the dead, uh, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto him, by him I say whether they be things in earth or or things in heaven. So Paul's making a distinction. Jesus is above it all. Mm-hmm. The only thing above Jesus Christ is the Father. That's it. Yeah. Everything else outside of that is under the feet of Jesus Christ. Uh, 21. And you that were sometime alienated as enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. So at one point, we were on the side of these principalities and powers. Right. That's something that we got to understand because some people think, you know, you just live your life and, you know, just bliss. You know, you have no idea what's going on. And all of a sudden, somebody told you, you ought to come to my church and you find Jesus Christ. Let's look at this in a real spiritual sense. 
You know, we were warriors for the enemy. We were of the army of the enemy. Everything that we did before we found Jesus Christ was to strengthen the army of the enemy. We were his little peons. We were out there doing the things that he wanted us to do. So, you know, let's just say we abandoned ship. We found the truth. You know, we ran for our lives over to God's side, and we initiated a war with Satan from that day on. Now, this is the real story behind the scenes. Satan hates every single one of us because we defected to the side of Jesus Christ. This is the real war that's taking place. And that's why some Christians think, well, how can my life be messed up and, you know, everything and... Yeah, and then on top of that, the enemy himself is trying to kill you. Yeah. How dare you leave me after all the fun we had together, all the women I hooked you up with, all the times we went out drinking, all that money I made for you, and now you're going to go with Jesus Christ? I'll kill you. That's the way he's really thinking. Right. You know, he planned to kill you anyways, but he wanted to stop you before then. Look how Paul describes, describes his how he was before he... That's he right. Oh, wretched sinner. He persecuted the church of God. He was the worst. That's <laughs> right. Oh, yes. So that's why it says in 21, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. So, you know, he gave us that chance to defect. Uh, 22. And the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to, you, to every creature, uh, which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made minister. I'll read that again. Some people think, you know, once you get it, you're, you're done. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven uh, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So what's Paul talking about here? Let's hold it here and go to Matthew 7 real quick. So it's the name of all the creatures. Oh, when he uh, goes here, when he talks about... Um, uh, every creature which is under heaven, like in other words, all things that were under Jesus, pretty much us, you know, for those that heard the truth, for all that know the truth. You know, he just talked about principalities and powers, so I believe even the angels themselves made the choice to stay following the Lord when Satan pulled a third of them away. You had others that felt like, hey, I'm not leaving, you know, this is the truth. So even they have a conscious decision to make, whether to follow the living God or defect to Satan's camp. Right. You know? So, you know, all things which is under heaven or, you know, creature. So, I mean, the creatures could even be us. I believe animals themselves, animals themselves know who the Lord is. Mm -hmm. I believe they all know their creator more than, than many of us do because we have the free will. But if he says the lamb will lay with the wolf, you know, at the end of time and things are going to go well, then these animals were obviously affected by what Adam did. Right. Because once Adam sinned, death entered into the world. Right. Yeah. 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 Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. It's it's true. The animals. 
Exactly. Why are we even worried about him providing for, uh, if he provides for the animals, why are we worried about him? Not exactly. He feeds them. You know, they know about their creator. <laughs> We're so much more important to him than the animals are. Exactly. He's going to take care of us. And we still lack faith concerning <laughs> that. All right, so we're going to go to uh, Matthew, what? Uh, Matthew 7, and we're going to go to verse 21. It's going to make this quick point. We'll get right back into it. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So just because you call him Lord don't mean that you're in. You have to do the will of him. Then it says 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So you understand that these people were still in their sins. These people might have been doing these works, but they weren't led by the Spirit of God. But then there's the other part. Therefore... Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock, that rock being Christ. Remember what Paul said? Grounded and rooted in the faith. Right. Okay, then it says, And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So this is what Paul is talking about, being grounded and rooted. If you hear the word, and you cling to your faith, the only way to be grounded and rooted is, one, obeying the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Two, knowing the Word of God. Because deception, Jesus made clear in Matthew 24, would be the biggest issue that we would ever face concerning keeping the faith. Right. Okay, so that's what he meant by, uh, in 23, he says again, If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which ye have uh, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So Paul is saying preach the gospel to every creature. I believe he's talking about every man. Obviously, animals don't know anything about the scriptures. Okay, so we know that they're talking about um, us, you know, preach the, you know, we're the only ones with spirits. Animals may have a soul, but I don't believe they have a spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, 24, who now rejoice in my sufferings, for you to fill up that which is behind um, of affliction of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake which is the church Paul's talking about suffering for the sake of Christ see this is an unpopular doctrine 25 whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God fulfill which word Preaching the gospel to every creature. Now, all of us are guilty of not doing this, but the point is, is that we preach to whom we can, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how we do it. We can work on small levels. We can work on large levels. Everybody's not an apostle. Apostles go all over the world. Evangelists, they do those things. 
But I mean, you know, we can come into contact with people every day and hey, you know, um, and the Lord will actually show you. So some of us think like we got to be like Paul, go to the rooftops and shout and get a crowd surrounding you. No, you, the Lord will actually set it up. And I've witnessed this throughout the day where someone will come to you. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? They're like, yeah, I'm good. Just going through a rough time right now. And you can feel the Lord just give you a little, you know, yeah. nudge. And then you ask him, so, um, yeah, what's wrong? Yeah, well, you know, um, I'm just going through a rough time in my life. I can't trust my mother, my father, all these things are happening. And then you got the Holy Ghost again. And, you know, you're going to tell him about me or what? Yeah. You know, and it's like he always leaves these doorways. I remember Laura even saying that she's got like, she calls them doorways and openings where, you know, and she said, right, and windows that if there's just a little bit, go and pull the door all the way open. <laughs> like, hey, you know, help over here. You know, all you got to do is come in. Right. So, you know, that's interesting that he'll give you that. So the Lord will always open things up for us to preach the word. But as we know more of him, we get more bold. Uh, 26, even the mystery which have been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. What is this mystery we're talking about here? What was hidden, and now we have it. Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And, you know, the will of the Lord. So let's go to, um, where should I go first? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. Because in the Old Testament, remember, they... They were under law. Right. You know, Moses, the Lord was actually helping Moses to do many things. But Moses could have never been like what Paul and Peter and those guys were. See, in some ways, those guys did a greater work than Moses. Moses did what he did at the time, but he did them as a man. The apostles were like little Christ. <laughs> you know, that was the difference. Think about it. Moses never touched anybody and healed them. Right. Moses opened the Red Sea. He led them. He, you know, struck the rock, water poured out. He took care of the children of Israel. He followed God. But you see, with Paul and these guys and Peter, you never hear of them saying, Peter couldn't sleep. And the Lord came to Peter and said, not after Acts the second chapter. After Acts the second chapter, the Lord was in them. Mm -hmm. He was governing them. So the mind that they had was the mind that Christ had. They were just doing the works, almost like men possessed with the Holy Spirit. Right. Peter even changed his speech after Acts, the second chapter. You know, but that that's the difference that I mean. One was leading from outside, telling you to come this way, that pillar of fire, that cloud of smoke. But once Acts, the second chapter happened, the mystery of the Holy Ghost was no more. The Holy Ghost entered into man. Man was able to obtain it. Man was able to be led by it. I'm not sure if I'm making sense or not, no, but they were like little Christ. Because in the Old Testament, before Christ had come, he would come in his, in his spirit form. Mm -hmm. you know, he didn't have the physical form yet, not until he came to this earth. And so it's not that the Holy Spirit wasn't needed, but he was still governing them in, in his spiritual form. After he died and, wrote, and went back into the heaven, or back into heaven and sat on the right hand of his father, then the Holy Spirit, his spirit was still here, but it was the Holy Spirit. It was, you know. He made it available to us. Right. Before that, man wasn't able to obtain the Holy Spirit. The last time the man had the Holy Spirit in him, in 
was Adam and Eve. Yeah. Okay, that's what they lost. And why the Lord said, your kind will never again come into my presence. Because they were just like, I mean, earthy. Kind of like what we're trying to get back to. And you brought it back to us. Right. But, you know, you have um, evidences of Samson, the spirit of the Lord falling on him. And Samson did that. But the spirit didn't stay on Samson. Mm -hmm. You know, like it came at the time he needed it. The Lord would lead him. But Samson himself was also a type of church. Uh So he did have the seven spirits of God. But Samson's flesh ruled him. Think about it. Samson would get himself in all kinds of trouble, and then the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him to do a work. Right. I mean, not saying the Lord wasn't involved, but Samson clearly didn't have the mind of them. You didn't hear Peter chasing any harlots. You didn't hear any of those guys just can't get enough of the women and getting their eyes put out for being dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more like they were led and governed by the Lord. Right. Okay, so uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 2. We'll start at the seventh verse. Uh, matter of fact, let's start at verse four. Uh, and my speech uh, and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that the faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, uh, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know, there was another part I was looking for when it talked about deep calling unto deep. Jesus said, you have to be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So the mystery is the Holy Ghost. That's the whole story. What is the Holy Ghost? Who is the Holy Ghost? He is the third person in God, but he is the spirit of God. He's down here to bring us into all truth and righteousness. He's that nameless servant when Abraham was looking for um, a bride for his son Isaac. Now, remember, there was a nameless servant that found Rebekah and brought her back to Isaac. Mm -hmm. If Abraham was a type of God the Father, then Isaac was a type of Christ. Then Rebekah would have been the church, the bride of Christ. But then you got this nameless servant that no one knows that did all this stuff, bringing Rebekah to Isaac. Isn't it interesting that it's a nameless servant? Why? Because what did Jesus say? When the Holy Ghost comes... He's coming to glorify me, not to speak of himself. So the only job of the Holy Ghost is to glorify Christ. That is the mystery that we need to find out. What's God's will for us? And we'll give uh, two more examples and then we'll move forward. Uh, Let's go to Ephesians uh, 3. There are many examples of this mystery. But, you know, we're not going to run through all of them tonight. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll start at uh, Ephesians uh, 3. We'll start at the first verse. All right, everybody there? All right, 3 verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles... 
if I have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore uh, a few, in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. See, you know, why was it hard for man to understand Christ? No Holy Ghost. Why is it hard for us at times to understand Christ? We don't have a fulfilling of the Holy Ghost. You know, deep calleth unto deep, verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his uh, holy apostles and prophets by the what? There you go. So we'll keep going and then we'll get back that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am less than uh, the least of the saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now, what happened in the beginning of the world? Adam and Eve fell. Mm -hmm. You know, then it became a mystery from the beginning of God. Right. Man didn't know God anymore. Adam and Eve, I don't know how close they were God to God after that. He kicked them out of the garden. They had to learn to live like everyone else. But you don't hear of the Lord talking to them much after that. I mean, Cain and Abel he spoke to. I mean, I'm sure there was some interaction. We can't have a whole biography on them. But the point is, is that they lost something. The Lord used to come to see them in the cool of the day every day. You know, they were in his presence. When they sinned, they fell. Then became a great mystery of man having to do certain things with the Lord, you know, just to survive because Satan was trying to take everyone out. Then they fell into bondage. They went into Egypt. Then they needed a law to get Egypt out of them, to bring them right back to the schoolmaster, which was Christ, which was going to leave and give another comforter. The father would give another comforter, which was the Holy Ghost. So Christ was only going to teach them how to get back to the father, you know? So this is what we lost this is the mystery that was lost since the beginning of the world. What is the acceptable will of God? Let's go to Romans 12 and we'll get right back to it. Romans 12, we'll start at the first verse. We'll get right back into it. I know some, what does this have to do with Colossians? I'm going to get back to it. The Holy Spirit made it so we have like a, a door is wide open. Mm -hmm. As for before that, it was just uh, looking through the people. That's right. The, the, they could see. That's right. Absolutely. And he's that light that they said, had we not received, we'd be still in the world blind and not knowing who Jesus Christ is. We can have way better relationship when you can actually walk right through the door. That's right. Exactly. And that's what Jesus wants. He doesn't just want enough prayer. He doesn't want enough fasting or this or that. Man, he wants what he had with Adam and Eve. Man, spend time with me. You know, that's what he wants because, I mean, it's just like if you have a close family member or friend, you're going to share your deepest secrets with them. I mean, you're not going to hide how you're feeling to your wife. 
You're not going to hide the mysteries in your life to your husband or wife, you know, or you're, you know, someone really close to you in that circle. So when they said that you learn the mystery of God or deep calleth unto deep, man, get in the spirit with me so I can show you some stuff. All right, uh, Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what does it take? A transformation of your mind, you know, your mind being transformed into the mind of Christ mm -hmm. to be able to understand what is the good, perfect and acceptable will of God for you. What does the Lord want me to do? So this is what they're talking about as far as that mystery being torn down and having the Lord tell you what you need. You know, so we can go back now, but um, I just want to, if anyone has any questions, you can ask, but I was just bringing up that point to show that the reason why it's hard for us to get into this is because we haven't torn down that veil or let the Holy Ghost lead us. The Holy Ghost is only here for one reason. To lead us into all truth and righteousness and bring us back to bring us back to Jesus Christ, to the Father. I have your bride ready. Why? Because they obeyed me. I led them back to you. Right. The Holy Ghost is that wedding planner. You know, he's the one setting everything up. Hey, look, all I know is I'm paid to do a job. I gotta get, you know, Jesus' bride ready. All right. The Father employed me to do this work. It's gonna be hard. Half the time I can't find the bride. I don't know where she is. I don't know what she's doing. I know she's got to get measured for her gown. I know that her gown has to be spotless. I'm here to do that work. I've got to bring her back in. The father is waiting. So this is how we have to look at it and yield into the spirit of God. So that's what it means by, we'll go back to 26 in Colossians 1, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of uh, this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It was a mystery to the Gentiles because of the fact that the Gentiles were not God's chosen people. God chose the children of Israel. Everything outside of the children of Israel and God's laws, statutes, and commandments were heathens. But now it's available to the Gentiles once Jesus died and you had the, um, you know, the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's why they were there on the day of Pentecost. And every man heard them speak in their own language. Remember when they split the languages in Acts the second chapter. They were all hearing the children of Israel speak to the people, the different groups that were there on Pentecost in their own language. Because it was only meant to spread the gospel. So that all would understand. So that is the mystery in Jesus Christ. Am I making sense? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. 28. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Jesus Christ. Now, you can't present a man perfect in Jesus Christ if the gospel ain't preached to you. You don't know who he is. You don't know what God wants. You're just out there. 29. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, uh, which according, I mean, which worketh in me mightily. So what is he talking about? The Holy Ghost. 
you know, according to his working. See, now those in Matthew 7 are going to say, then we cast out demons, then we do all these things in your name. Yeah, but they didn't do it according to his working. It's according to the workings of God. So we got to know the Lord. We have to know what he wants. You know, if God tells you to not do a thing and you do it because you feel it was a good deed, then what you did was evil. Mm -hmm. Now that's hard to understand in the carnal mind, but in the in the uh, spiritual mind, you don't understand. God may say, hey, I, I want to teach this guy a lesson. I don't want you to do this. Right. He's only going to kill himself tonight with this money you give him for drugs. Yeah. Okay, so I don't want you to do this. Now, I mean, I'm speaking of something deep. I'm not saying you'll be condemned for it. What I'm saying is understanding the will of God, letting him speak to you. He gives you that feeling, uh-uh, not tonight. I know you like to give. But this guy's going to kill himself tonight. Don't do it. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, and it's the Lord trying to preserve a life when we think we do a good deed. And we end up killing the person. Yeah. Because we think that we're doing something right when the Lord's trying to save his life. Right. And I'm not speaking against good works. Of course, we're supposed to have good works in the Lord. Yeah. But let the Lord tell you at times. I mean, listen to his voice. Mm -hmm. Hey, this person's a scam artist. You know, don't give him this money. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's taking advantage of some people or whatever. Whatever the situation is, he's a part-time pimp. Whatever, you know, whatever the situation is, right. the Lord may not want you to do it. So we have to hearken unto his word. Right. It's part-time. That's not as bad if it's part-time, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll go to Colossians 2. We'll start at the first verse. For I would not ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Now this tells you clearly here what we're talking about. Look at the second verse that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. Now, mind you, their hearts are supposed to be knit together in love. The Holy Ghost carries love, but look at this. And unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. What is the Holy Ghost supposed to bring us into? All truth and righteousness, understanding God. But look at this. To the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father. And of Jesus Christ. They're speaking of three. Mm -hmm. You know, what is the mystery of God? The Holy Ghost. And of the Father and of Jesus Christ. This is speaking of God right here. Mm -hmm. So this is also speaking of the Holy Ghost. Why would they separate the God, I mean, you know, God and the Father and Jesus Christ? Why not say our God and Father? So that would say that would be one. He said, and of God and the Father. And of Jesus Christ. I mean, to me, that's saying a lot. You know, right there. You were going to um, say something? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. Does your Bible say that? or? Uh, let's see. Lost my place there. What? Oh, it's uh, verse 2. Uh, Colossians 2.2. 2.2. Two. Two, two. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches and complete understanding. And in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, 
Oh, okay. So they cut out the father and... Yeah. I mean, so... All right. So... <laughs> I'll just go on, but I was just curious, you know, like to see if it was in there. Uh, verse 3, Colossians 2, 3. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, who's carrying the wisdom, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? The Holy Ghost. Where are the seven spirits of God? The Holy Ghost. All the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, um, 4. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So he's always talking about suffering. He's always talking about being steadfast. He's always talking about being grounded and rooted. As if, you know, your faith is something very serious. And I don't know how serious people take that, but... He's talking about clinging to the cross. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, we take it like, you know, well, yeah, I believe. You know, I read from time to time, but I know that Jesus is the truth. Man, Paul's talking about hanging on to it like a kid getting ready to get blown around in a tornado. <laughs> like you're hanging on by, you know, with everything you've got. Life. Right. Uh, verse 6. And ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him, and established, meaning established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So this is awesome. And this is why he's saying being rooted. You know why? A lot of people go to college to lose their faith. Okay, college is the perfect place to lose your faith, let me tell you. Because the more conscious you become of the world, the less conscious you are of God. And how I know this is true, and this is what Paul is aiming to, look at verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So what is he telling you? Man can spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit if you don't stay rooted and grounded. Yep. It's great, man, when these scientists, people try and come at me with certain things, and I come right back at them with the scriptures, you know, when they stand there for a minute, like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. But they're surprised, you know, at the fact that you've got the answers right back at them. Mm -hmm. Even if they come off on something, have you ever heard of blah, blah, blah? Now, you know, you probably never heard of some of these things in scientific terms, but you can always point them back to being rooted and grounded. Yep. That's world wisdom, man. Mm -hmm. I ain't interested in that. That's what you got for a career. That's perfect. Let me ask you a question. What are you going to do when you leave this earth? Never mind this. This can only sustain you in the here and now. And half of it is lies anyways. Yep. None of what's going to happen next. Do you understand the things of the invisible realm? See, now they're back to preschool, sitting in there learning the ABCs, you know, and starting all over again. So, you know, what we want to be is complete in the word of God, because not only does it deal with things here, but it transcends time and space. Right. You know, it goes beyond. I have a question. How do yeah. people like really grasp this information? It's like it's probably just only read once. It's like they, they didn't have Romans twelve to go back there, or like you know Isaiah four to go reference stuff. They're just mm -hmm. like I look and listen. They <laughs> like, wow, that was good, you know. And then right. I mean, I, I don't know. It's exactly. Like, I mean, it, it, it took you how many times to, to read this to maybe understand it? Mm -hmm. I'm sure you read this a few times. Well, yeah, and but I mean, I, this is one of my. Oh yeah. Of you. It's just like it's true. It's true. And the funny thing about the word philosophy here 
You know, it's philo-sophie, you know, Greek word, love of wisdom. That's what Sophia is. You ever hear about the Greeks talk about Sophia? That's wisdom, okay? But they have the love of wisdom. Not God's wisdom, by the way, the love of man's wisdom. So we're talking about people that are into, you know, where do you find philosophers mostly? In colleges. Coming up with a bunch of stuff that, I mean, it could work, it couldn't work. You know, you, you learn in school most of the time how to argue, but you never get to the truth. They'll tell you, well, you know, well, how do you present your argument in dealing with this? And you get graded according to that. Mm -hmm. But you never find out at the end of that argument who's right or wrong. They blur that line. No, this is about having a supportive argument. No, what about the truth? Is this true? Is this valid? Because other than that, I don't care. Right. But they learn to get you in this gray area where you begin to, well, you know, could be or couldn't be. It's a theory. Until someone comes up with something else, this is what we stand with. Right. So you're willing to accept a lie, something that hasn't been proven, something that is not fact. But because you don't have another answer, this is good enough for you. But here you have a living God telling you everything about the truth in detail. What went on from century to century? But, see, it don't take any learning to understand this. I mean, he's giving you a blueprint. That's how I know it can't be true. Yeah. You know, it was so funny. I heard um, kids, uh, they, they gave a riddle that said, what is greater than God? And if you eat it, you will die. Now, you had scientists writing stuff down, trying to figure it out, building charts. All kind, I mean, their minds went into super drive, you know, turbo, trying to find the answer to this. You had a five-year-old kid that got the answer. What is greater than God? Nothing. If you eat it, you will die. If you eat nothing, you will die. But you see, the kid hung to the faith and understanding there's nothing greater than God. That was the answer. But these guys were building charts, going back to old philosophers, could be this, could be that. You see how you can miss the simplicity in Christ yep. because your mind is all over the place. Seeking higher learning, you better first start from the bottom and, and learn the truth. People that refuse to come to God, Jesus Christ, don't want the they don't want to be accountable. That's exactly. another thing. You have to be if you if if you wipe out God, you wipe out sin. Yeah. No one's accountable for their sins, so that's what they're trying to do. That's Satan's whole agenda. No yeah. sin. That sounds like. Yeah, no sin, no guilt. Right. A lot of them are agnostic, too. Oh, yeah. Agnosticism is something really preached where they talk about, you know, could be, couldn't be. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I believe there could be a God, but who's to say who he is? I'm not saying there is or there isn't one. The Buddhists could be right. The Catholics could be right. The Muslims, who knows? I mean, you're just worthless. That's the church of Laodicea. That's the church that the Lord said, oh, since you were neither hot or cold and you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth because you won't even commit. So he's saying you're even worse than the guy who's cold. You're even worse than the atheist because the atheist at least stands for something. He's chosen a side. But here you are bouncing back and forth. Whoever you speak to, that's who God is for the day. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. So these talking about intellectuals, you're, you're dealing with people that <clears throat> are unwilling to admit that they're wrong uh, generally mm -hmm. unless they're with other intellectuals and they can come up with some sort of scientific reason why they were wrong or something like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it's true. Yeah. Uh, since they won't admit Stupid they're wrong, they're, it's all about pride. And mm -hmm. when pride's really what 
gets everybody up. It does. You become blind because every time you think about the fact that it could be true, then I have to admit that I paid all that money to go and learn lies. Mm -hmm. That That's something people cannot get. I mean, how proud they were. You know, I've graduated. This is considered the greatest thing to facing the American dream. You know, I have this diploma that told me I was somebody when my whole life I felt like I was nobody. That's hard for people, man. They would feel rejected right away. And people would say, man, so this was one big lie. You know, and nothing worse than the guy who you're supposed to be more educated saying, woohoo, in your face. You know, <laughs> they can't take that. They have to be, well, no, there's obviously a reason because I know my professor told me the truth. Your professor told you what he knew. Which could have been a lie. You can only teach what you're taught. You know, you can only teach what you believe. It's kind of also in the same category as like where uh, Christ asked the, the, the rich young man to give up all of his things. Oh, yeah. It's the same Plasma. kind of idea. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't do it. He just cried because he wouldn't want to give up his, right. his wealth. He wouldn't want to give up the, the same idea. Uh, a wealthy person doesn't want to give up their wealth. They don't want to give up their pride. Uh, that's their, right. their aspect that's, of pride. That's what it and like. oh, yeah. uh, an intellectual doesn't want to give up their intelligence, their mm -hmm. their their knowledge base, what they what they base their whole. Yeah, because if I give away on, my wealth, according to the world, now I'm an average schmo. Yeah. I'm nobody now. They, <laughs> you're taking away everything that they have pride in, and then down just mm -hmm. to, just. Bare bones. That's exactly right. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back. Uh -huh. uh, let's see. Oh, they have yeah. too much to lose, they think. Mm -hmm. That's true. When all this stuff's going to burn anyways. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul said the things that are invisible are the things that are eternal, not the things that you can see. Uh, nine. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. So you know they're talking about Jesus. So you're completing Christ, who's the head of all principality and power. What does that tell you? If you're a son of God, you know, the Bible says that we're going to judge angels. You know, so think about the fact that being in, like Romans 8 talks about, a manifested son of God, under adoption, coming up under God, that you sit above the angels. The only thing in heaven higher than you, if you're a manifested son of God, is God. Everything else would be, I'm not saying subject to you, but you'd be walking around with the Holy Ghost, with the power of God. You'd be just like Christ was on earth. So that's something to think about. And we won't trade in what we have for that. But like I said, it's funny how it says, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the rudiments, I mean, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Then it says, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all what? Principality and power. So they're trying to tell you, if you gain Christ, man, there's no telling where you'll be sitting. And I'm not talking about be proud of that. I'm saying that, man, that godly inheritance is above everything that you can possibly think of here. Imagine being in the council of God. And when God trusts you, man, he could put you out there on the battlefield, fire at will. Yeah. Hey, I got you out there now. You have my mind. You do what you know I do. He trusts you. So imagine being in the council of God. That's greater than anything you can have here. Yep. The Lord's not saying, hey, now watch it now. 
You know, last time you got in a little trouble, you got in a fight, but calm down. And well, no, at that point, when you're a manifested son of God, go get him. It's just like any commander that would trust his troops, fire it well. Fire at your leisure as you see fit. Now, I'm not saying go crazy. Of course, you're going to be governed by the spirit of God. But, you know, Paul and these guys, man, they were like, what could drive a man to go to Rome, then go to Colossae, then go to Philippi, then you're here, then you're there, then you're beaten and whipped in Ephesus, then you're over here. Now you're in a dungeon dying, but you're still clinging to the faith and trying to get others to believe. That is, he was a Roman, though, because mm-hmm. you know, that helped them. Oh, absolutely. But he was just so driven to right, do, he was the, driven. Right, do the Lord's will. Uh, verse 11. In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. You know, when he took all sins to the cross. Verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So we're in the operation, you know. We're in it with the Lord. You know, and it says buried with him. That means Jesus says, you know, dying daily. When Jesus talks about carrying your cross, not dying physically. It means, you know, mortifying your members, fading out to this world, getting past those things. You know, when people want to talk about elections, man, honestly, I don't care. I don't care who wins. I'm for Jesus Christ and his kingdom. You want to talk about sports? Yeah, you know, that's cool. Oh, all right. You know, and and arguing with some of these scientists this week, I'm going to tell you, when they came at me talking about certain things, some of them may have thought they won the arguments, but I didn't have the strength to prove what I'm saying. I told you the truth. You don't believe it, that's on you. But don't let people pull you back in the flesh from debating and arguing. That's something that the Lord's been working on in me. Man, let it be. God knows the truth. God knows that he told you the truth. Mm -hmm. You told them. They don't want to hear it. What more can you do about it? Leave it alone. You don't have to argue with people and try and prove a point because now they got you in their world. Right. Now you're going back and forth trying to find more scripture to fight with. Right. I'm not saying don't try and help people that are willing to listen. If they're willing to listen, man, then rip this Bible apart. Let the Lord show you things that can get that person closer to the Lord. But if you're arguing with somebody, man, I was asked questions this week where they already had their own answers. Okay, but they're asking me. And but then before I can even answer, they'll say, well, is God, you know, so do you think God can heal and do all this stuff? Because in my opinion, the Bible says this and then that. And, you know, some of these things are fantasies and this and that. And I had to tell them, are you asking me or are you telling me? You know, do you want me to answer the question? And they said, yeah, go ahead. And I said, well, if you don't mind, I'm going to use the scriptures to answer this. Well, what do you think in your mind? I said, I don't have any opinion about it. I'm going to answer this in the word of God. Well, I don't understand why you got to go. Oh, read it to me in the Greek. That's what one of them said. I said, sure, I can do that for you. But here's the question. Do you understand Greek? Uh, No. So why do you want me to read it there? But you see, there's this pride of (laughs) you can't know what you're talking about unless you go back to the Greek and the Hebrew. Which they're trying to say the King James corrupted and we know it's not. The King James closely correlates with the Hebrew and the Greek. Okay, but they'll tell you, well, why don't you read it to me in the Greek? So they're trying to find some place that you'll be, uh, oh, uh, 
No, all right. You want me to read it to you in the Greek? That'll be fine. If you don't understand what it means, that's on you. Right. You know, but then I'm like, okay, I'm going to explain with the scriptures. Well, you don't need to use the Bible for everything. Well, this is where I place my faith. They ask me my opinion. I don't have an opinion. But I can tell you who I believe and what he says about it. See, the devil don't like that. And the only people that hate the word of God is the devil. He's the only one that hates God's word. You want to call out demons? Start telling people about the word of God and watch what happens. Right. Well, why you got to do that? I don't understand why you can't use your own mind. And my question to them is, are you using your mind? Or are you using exactly. the, the brainwashed mind that they taught you to have? And it's, it's so funny. It's funny that you say that because they say, oh, don't use the scriptures. I'm like, well, then what do you use? <laughs> What are you using? Yeah, your we base your faith. You, science you know, yeah, science. Right. You research other scientists and what they say, but oh, no, no, no. Exactly. They came up with their own. Where exactly. Were you at? <laughs> huh? Where were we at? Some science convention or something? No, um, I have a friend of mine that, um, you know, they about. were emailing me and calling me and stuff because I pretty much, you know, stuck it to her. You know, let her know, hey, you know, you ain't going to whip me in this. That's you can go and believe whatever you want, but, you know, I stay with the scriptures. So she called on people she knew, you know, and they called me and messaged me, want to understand what my beliefs are, what's my argument. I don't have any arguments. I'm going to take you to the scripture. Right. Don't try and indoctrinate, indoctrinate me and get me into stuff that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. So then they're like, well, what's your answer? Everybody believes in that, the same God and this and that. I said, the God of all the others is not the God of the Bible. They're looking for opinions, not truth. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So then they're like, well, how can you prove that, um, you know, your God is different. I said, all right, well, let me take you to the scriptures. No, what do you believe in your heart? I said, I believe the scriptures. <laughs> oh, well, I can't just, I don't understand why you got to go there. I said, well, hey, I base my faith in God's word. And if you don't want to hear it, then let's conclude this whole argument. Right. But I want to hear what you think. I'm trying to read to you what I think. <laughs> do you want to hear it or not? But the truth is, is what they're saying is, why don't you be puffed up in pride like me? Believe in world wisdom. Fight me with world wisdom. This is too tough to get around. Mm -hmm. I don't want to believe this. The more you read this to me, the more truth comes out and the more that I have to pay attention to. Because they want so, you to answer it with your own words so you say it the wrong way. Exactly. And the demons themselves don't want those strongholds broken down in the word of God. Yep. So they want me to put this aside and just engage them in a carnal warfare. Oh, no. I'm trusting in the word of God. And I'll tell you right now, demons will always, well, what do you think? I don't have any opinion about it. <laughs> you know, and that's hard for people when they want to get you into, what are your arguments? Where do you base this? I mean, where, where do you get your proof? Who wrote the Bible? You know, I'm like, man, look, do you want to hear what I have to say or not? Because if not, I'm going to bed. That's, that's what I have to tell them. Like, go ahead, get, get, you know, just get mad, Derek, get mad. Oh, right, right, they want me. Like, the Bible says when Nimrod came back, and then, <laughs> oh, man, it ain't worth it. I'm either going to read it to you, you don't want to hear it, that's on you. Once it's lose control and, and go carnal. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly right. And then I'm, you know, going to bed frustrated, headache. <laughs> angry when it's not even worth it. Well, a lot of them have already put it in their mind what they're going to say and oh, yeah. how they're going to say it. And like, oh, I can, I've defeated every person I've come up against. What's make, what makes him so different? Exactly. They've defeated themselves. Man, exactly. And they hate a Christian that knows the word of God. They can't stand it. The demons hate it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not going to lie. When I wasn't that close to the Lord and people would talk to me about this, 
Man, I used to be the same way. I mean, when they would start talking, I'm, a, I'm supposed to be a Christian, you know? And many of them said, well, we know lots of scientists who are Christians that don't have an issue with science and this and that. I said, see, the fact of the matter is, you know a lot of Christians. That's how I know for a fact that you yourself are not one. Because Jesus said it's going to be slim. The gate is narrow, you know? So if you know a lot of Christians that believe in science, chances are, or believe science is the final authority, then you know none, okay? Because a real Christian loves the word of God. A real Christian based everything that they believe is the final authority in Jesus Christ. A Christian loves to read this. A Christian is not going to try and get rid of this to go into something else. You know, so when she said, I knew a lot of Christians, my question was, man, you know a lot of people that you think are Christians. A Christian is never going to go against this. Right. That's a real Christian. They'll never go against the word of God. They'll never attempt to disprove it by telling you you need to go into this or that. Right. A Christian, what did Jesus say? My sheep know my voice. Another they will not obey. So for those people that are out there with their minds everywhere else trying to seek truth, man, we go right here. Exactly. And from here we branch out. Okay? And if it doesn't relate to this, then we got nothing to do with that. Yep. Right. Exactly. So um, uh, verse 13. No, it's 14. Right? <laughs> That's 11 or 12. Is it 12? Okay. Buried with him in baptism wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Uh, and you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of, your, of ordinances uh, that was against us, uh, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross." So imagine having a filthy record on your way to prison. I mean, the devil is that attorney. He's got you. Not only that, he's got every witness that you laid down with in sin. He got every, you know, bartender that you spent many nights drunk, falling out of clubs. Okay, he's got everybody that you ever punched in the face, called names, talked about, whatever you did. They're all here in court, ready to witness against you. The father is getting ready to come down with that gavel. I mean, you're facing life, okay? And I mean, Jesus Christ comes up, that attorney, wait a minute, we got a, uh, a special uh, witness, you know, secret witness. You know, he comes forward, how you doing, everybody? All right, uh, before you go forward with this, I want to explain something here. I paid that man's debt 2,000 years ago. This man's debt was paid, okay? I did that. So if you charge this man again, it's going to be double jeopardy. We can't have that. Okay, by law, you have to let this man go. And you may have the devil there in his Brooks Brothers suit smoking, mad, but then the father has to say, case dismissed. Now, imagine if you didn't have that. I mean, you know, and you Jesus comes to speak for you, and you say, oh, no, man, I got it. You know, no, I'm going to, no, I'll handle what I got to do. You're facing life, okay? <laughs> and he can get you out just by speaking up for you, but... No, nah, that's too much relying on religion. You know, I got to be strong, you know, and, and handle it myself. So arrogant. Yeah, you know, so just imagine what that's like, not having Jesus in your corner. It's foolishness. So he blots out everything that we had right. in knowing him. 
there are times when we do certain things wrong. We anger the Father, and Jesus says, you know, Dad, he's with me. Oh, son, he's with you? All right. Only because you said it, though. You know, knowing the beginning from the end. Right. I mean, and he's your God, but he's your friend. He's your creator. But he's calling you friend. I mean, that should resonate in our minds. Let that soak up. That you're a friend of the most powerful in the universe. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants to know you. But, you know, we want the world. You want to hear what Einstein said? You want to believe in what this other person says? Einstein don't know anything about eternal. He probably does now. Right. But I'm saying he doesn't know anything about eternal life. Exactly. His hair is really probably standing on end. But, um, okay, uh, 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So, you know, when Christ went to the cross and he died, we have to understand, and he rose again. Man, he went into that earth, okay, to grab the keys of death and hell. He triumphed over all principalities and powers. What did they want Jesus to do? Fail in his mission. They wanted him to give up. Because if he had lost or he had given up, then man couldn't be redeemed. Right. So when Jesus did this, man, he shook the heavens and the earth like you wouldn't believe. This war was won at Calvary mm -hmm. because of the fact that the Holy Ghost was able to be distributed. Mm -hmm. He took the keys of death and hell. I mean, that's how bad Jesus is. He took the keys of death. Now, everybody's scared to die. Death itself is called Thanatos, Grim Reaper, whatever you want to call it. Hell is a holding tank that you don't get out until Judgment Day. And then you got the grave that just holds you. And Jesus went down there and just scooped up the keys, you know, and, and made them back off. This is how powerful your God is. Right. He conquered everything that we're afraid of in the flesh. Mm -hmm. All right, let me get through this because I know we're running on time, but... Um, it says in verse 16, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink, or in respect of an holy day, or in the new moon, or of a sab or of the Sabbath days. What is he talking about here? Pagan rituals. <laughs> you know that, right. But he's also saying that this is the law. Don't let any man judge you because of the law. But when he says holy day, if you want to keep a holy day from the Bible, by all means do so. If you want to believe in holy pagan days and all that, the Lord is not for that. And I'm, I, you know, it's not my job to tell people about it, but we know what these things represent. We know what they're about, you know, but again, he's saying the new moon was always observed in the law. Mm -hmm. The Sabbath was observed in the law. Mm -hmm. The holy days were observed in the law. Mm -hmm. He's saying, don't let any man judge you because of this. I nailed all that to the cross. It's in following me. It's in following the Spirit of God. Right. You know, but anything outside of the Spirit of God, if he didn't like it then, he didn't make an exception for it now. Mm -hmm. He said, let no man judge you because of it. He didn't say, you know, well, you have to observe this or whatever. He said, let no man judge you according to that meaning. If you're not, if you don't want to keep a holy day of the scriptures, you don't have to. Okay, no man can tell you, well, you're no good because you're not following the law. You know, and what do you, where's that pork on your plate? Man, you ought to be ashamed. Oh, I'm surprised the Lord don't come right now and deal with you. No, we're not under that law anymore. But we are following the law of the Spirit. So that's all I'm saying. Don't let any man judge you because of these things. 
Now, if you tell somebody about Easter, you're telling them the truth. Right. And this is Semiramis worship. You know, so it's not about trying to make someone feel bad. If someone is in error, then you can correct them. Okay, but if they're talking about the Feast of Unleavened Bread, hey, man, I don't observe it. I don't observe the Sabbath. What are you going to do now? You know, you can't condemn someone because of that. So Paul said, don't let anyone shake your faith because you're not keeping these things. Right. You know? So that's what he means. Uh, verse 17, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. What does that mean? A shadow of things to come? Looks like we may be doing these things again one day in the millennial reign of Christ. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Feast of Unleavened Bread will be back. The Sabbath will be kept. Okay, because Adam and Eve, the Lord rested on the seventh day. Right. You know, so these things were upheld. But in the millennial reign, they are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. Okay? So right now, it's the body of Christ to get you in. It's not observing these days. Right. That's pretty much what he's saying. 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. This is one of the things I read to the scientists. They didn't like it. Anytime you hear of worshiping of angels, you're in a false religion. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then that's what they tried to prove too. So there are other gods. Yeah, if you want to count little Jesus gods, but they were fallen angels that came down to influence man. These are false religions. Okay, but he's saying, you know, let no man um, get you into voluntary humility, worshiping of angels, you know, um, intruding on those things which he had not seen. What The difference between us and other religions, our God came to this earth, he died, he resurrected, and he has eternal life stored for us, and he has, he's going to tell you where your mansion is. He can tell you what's going to happen to you when you get to heaven. He's all reserved that. There's no one else even talking about that. They said Muhammad ascended. Where did he ascend? Muhammad told the people. They can believe he ascended. Muhammad told the people in his own Quran, I don't know where you guys are going, but trust in me. Now, what a savior is that? You know, he can't even tell you. So these are things that other religions, they believe, they have theories, but our God tells us in detail. Okay, uh, 19, and not holding the head from which all the body uh, by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Increase of God, more filling of the spirit. Mm -hmm. The body will join and knit together. This is the latter rain. This is that strength you have in the spirit when things are on all one accord. Like we talked about uh, Sunday, 20. Wherefore, if it be dead with Christ, from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances? Why are you still following the law? If the rudiments of the world were put away, why are you still following the law? You know, as though living in the world are we subject to ordinances. 21. Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are to perish uh, with, the, um, with the using after the commandments and, and doctrines of men. So he's talking about worldly wisdom, going after these things that have nothing to do with God. This is the surest way to lose your faith is to trust in man. Yep. Uh, 23, which things have indeed a shoe of wisdom 
and will uh, worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. So, you know, God's thing is all about crucifying the flesh. The body, I mean, the, the world's thing is to resurrect the flesh, to get you as world conscious as you can be, humanism, you name it, blah, blah, blah. Anybody want to add anything? If not, we'll go forward. Any questions at all? All right. I know it's hot in here. But uh, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on, on things above, not on things on the earth. So that's what the last few verses was talking about. Man, forget the world, you know. Have your mind set on the uh, the goal, on Christ. Uh, uh, three, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So you know what they're talking about, dead to the world. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. He died to the world, you die to the world, you'll be resurrected in glory like he was. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, that's a big word. That word is all types of illicit sexual activity with men and women together, men and men, women and women, homosexuality, bestiality, you name it. But it's also talking of idolatry and worshiping other gods and going into other uh, religions. You know, that's another way of fornication. Then it says uncleanness, which is, you know, inordinate affection, you know, unnatural affection. That's pretty much what it is. Uh, evil concupiscence, which is kind of like, you know, evil desires. You know, co and covetousness, which is greed, which is idolatry. So they're all idolatry. Following any of these things is idolatry. When you got too much of something that's in place of God, it's idolatry. Right. All right? Six. For which things are sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Now, um, let's just go back one book or two or two epistles. Let's go to Ephesians 2 real quick. just want to make a quick point. We'll move forward. Ephesians 2, verse 1. It's just two epistles back. talking about it's funny how kids and animals even get like around the presence of the spirit of god and they get calm yeah it's so it's so weird the princess does that. okay <laughs> ephesians uh two verse one and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins paul just talked about this mm -hmm. but look at verse two wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So these are the people that are against God, the children of disobedience, all those who are ungodly, right. who we all used to be before we found the Lord. That's a child of disobedience, that word for air, arion, which is the dense immediate atmosphere above us. So we know, like I said, a lot of psychics, you got a lot of people in this world that think that they receive spiritual strength, you know, and they, you know, the, a lot of the knowledges in the world, the Akashic records, whatever they call it, that's that power, that dense immediate atmosphere 
that Satan controls. He's the prince of that realm. Basically the God of this world. Right. But the children of disobedience is who he works through. So if everyone were obeying Christ, Satan would have no power. But you see, the more of us that yield ourselves to the devil, you know, you're going to have this stuff where, you know, governments are strong. So people can't blame the Illuminati or the government or anything. You got people not following Christ. It's that simple. If more people followed the Lord and did what he told them, there'd be no Illuminati. That's true. Uh, um, let's see, verse uh, 7. In the which he also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also uh, put off all these, uh, all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, uh, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Now, some people read knowledge, they're talking about the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, that means, you know, Jew or no Jew, um, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. So when people want to push you under the law, this is all about all people coming to Christ, no matter what you are, it's available to you. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy. That's having a heart of mercy through and through. Uh, kindness, humbleness of meek, I mean of mind, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a, a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also ye forgive. And above all these things put on charity, which is love, agape, uh, which is the bond of perfectness. The Bible talks about perfect love, casting out fear. A lot of the times when the world comes against you, your mindset will be, well, why did this person do this to me? You know? And, and love will show from a lot of these things. You know, you want to love that person. You know it's a demonic presence there that's influencing them to come against you. So perfect love does cast out fear because instead of worrying about yourself, you'll be more worried about winning things, winning people to Christ or doing the will of the Lord. Right. Okay, uh, 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body to be ye thankful. I mean, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing. Admonishing means warning. One another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with the grace of your hearts to the Lord. Now, along with wisdom and teaching, he talks about warning. People want to, you know, avoid that like the plague. Well, if you speak warning, then that means that you're not a person of God. You know, because why would you want to talk about this negative stuff in our peaceful world? Right. But you need correction. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. You won't know what to do if you don't know what's coming. Yep. 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or, or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father uh, by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. That's the will of the Lord. And women want to fight that. They got Jezebel spirits. Mm -hmm. uh, 19. Husbands, love your wives 
and be uh, not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. The Lord loves his order. He's not going to go against this. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So he's putting them in place. Uh, 22. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. Now, this is one thing I have to agree with Laura with, where translations are so important. Because it says, servants, obey uh, in all things your masters. This is simply talking about, in today's terms, employer and employee. If I'm working for you, if I'm your maid or whatever like that, take care of them. Do the will that you're paid to do. If they pay you to do the work, then do the work. Don't try and sweep stuff under the carpet or act like, you know, wait for them to leave and you're watching TV all day and the last thing you do before they come home, you take out the trash. You know, we're supposed to be honorable in that sense. If we're employed, then we do the will of the Lord. What Laura was talking about in other translations is they call slaves. So, you know, someone had an agenda to say, well, slaves obey your masters as if slavery is okay and God is for that. Like God thinks, oh, well, that's fine. You know, oh, you're a slave? Oh, don't worry about it. Your master will treat you right. Like Laura said, a slave doesn't have a choice. I totally agree. So that's one translation that the King James has correct. It says slaves and yours, huh? Um, yeah. Verse um, 22. 22. Uh, Let's see. Because I know some Bibles do say it. Slaves. Mine says servants. Oh, wait. That's the wrong one. I was saying. (laughs) Colossians 3. It's 3.22. Because that's the NIV, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we left you off. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, it was actually still in Ephesians. I was wondering why I had a lot. <laughs> no, no, it's warm in here, bro. Yeah. 322. 322. Well. Yeah, slaves. Yeah, see? And and the King James, it says servants, you know, but they want to throw that in there in case. Well, you are a slave. And you hear what the Bible says. So get to it. Don't expect anything different, you know. And a lot of people will use those versions to try and say, see, your God is okay for slavery. So how is he a good God? So, you know, translations are important. Uh, verse 23, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So if you're a servant pleasing or you're an employee pleasing your employer, you're not doing it for their sake. You're doing it heartedly and honorable towards the Lord. He's the reason you're obeying and doing this. And not to men. 24. Knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve uh, the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong uh, which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. So you do wrong, you get what's wrong. Now this is um, Colossians 4, verse 1. Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. So he's talking about masters, you know, employer, take care of your employees. They work for you, treat them right and fair. So 
Jonas say slaves too? Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, but like it says, equal, knowing that your master's in heaven, so you're going to do right to people because you know God is watching it all. Right. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Uh, three, withal praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. So he's saying, you know, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. So, you know, he'd open that door where you can speak the mystery of Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, four, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are, uh, that are without, redeeming the time. So if someone's without wisdom, you're there to teach them the wisdom, not yours, but the wisdom of God. Six, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, uh, that ye may know uh, how ye ought to answer every man. This is an important thing, seasoned with salt. What's salt? A type of preservative. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to explain things to people to where they can receive them and keep them. And that's why it says in... Um, and at the end of six, um, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. This is important because you can have all the right information, but you may not have known what to say at that time. That can cost you. That's why we yield to the spirit of the Lord. Lord, give me a scripture. What should I say? How do I handle this? You go off in your own pride. You may say the wrong thing and the person walks away. Mm -hmm. So you want to have what does Paul say about Tim and Timothy? Having a word in season. Right. You want to be instant in season. You know, bam, right there with the word. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. Yep. Uh, seven. All my state shall Tychicus, Tychicus uh, declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. As Onesimus, um, I guess, uh, with Onesimus, a faithful and uh, beloved brother who was one of you, they shall make known unto, unto you all things which are done here. Aristarchus, I think that's it. <laughs> Aristarchus or Starchus, Starchus, uh, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son of Barnabas. That's a good way of saying your nephew, you know, sister's son of Barnabas. This is John Mark that they're talking about. Remember, um, Barnabas and Paul in Acts 15, they had a dispute. Paul didn't think John Mark should have come with them because he wasn't ready, because he was timid in the past. Uh, Barnabas, you know, because it was his nephew, decided to take him with him. And, you know, the argument between them was so sharp that they never spoke again. So Paul took Silas and uh, Barnabas took John Mark. And they still did the will of the Lord. But later on before Paul's death, and you hear this in Second Timothy, he asked for John Mark to come back because John Mark was maturing and doing well. So I think even the fact that they disputed was God's will. Mark needed to grow, whatever needed to happen, but he's welcoming, welcoming now John Mark. Right. And they believe that Mark's account was Peter's account of the gospel. You know how Peter only has the epistles, but they believe that Pete, John Mark 
hung out with Peter. And, you know, John Mark wasn't a disciple, so he had secondhand knowledge. Mm-hmm. It was Peter's account that John Mark was um, writing down. Right. Okay. Um, so, see, Peter did more than we think. <laughs> um, Touching whom you received commandments, if he come unto you, receive him. So if the, Paul's saying, if these guys come unto you, I trust them. Receive them like you would receive me. Uh-huh. It's the same way the Lord would do if you get full of the Holy Ghost. Receive him as you receive me. That's what Jesus did, you know, um, 11. And Jesus, which is called justice, who are of the circumcision. Now, that's not the same Jesus. There's another guy named Jesus. Uh, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God which have been a comfort unto me. Epaphras, uh, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So, you know, he's reverencing these people because he wants them to be respected the same. They have the same doctrine of Paul. He's not sitting here honoring somebody that believes in something different. Right. These are proven soldiers that were out there in the field with Paul that he trusts to carry on the work of God. Mm-hmm. Seven, uh, 13. For I bear him record that he hath uh, a great zeal for you uh, and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. So in other words, you know, you know what happened to Laodicea. That's one of the churches that still needed correction. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Now Luke, you know, that's his account of the gospel. He was a physician. So you got a physician following Jesus. What did he know that a lot of these physicians don't know today? He saw the miracles. Right. He knew the truth in God. You can't get past the miracles. Mm-hmm. You can call it any medical term you want. You can come out with any theory you like. I saw that baby's limbs grow out when that baby had none. Yeah. That baby had two nubs for legs and they grew out. Now, you guys can speculate on what you thought I saw. I was there. I saw it. It was real to me. Okay, so um, verse 15. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea in Memphis and the church uh, which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea, and say unto Archippus, uh, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. The salutation, like greeting, you know, by the hand of me, Paul, remember my bonds, and you know, his time in prison. Grace be with you. Amen. So Paul is saying, hey, remember what I went through, you know, and be strong in the faith. So, you know, I just thought it was good to go over that because I think in many cases we live below our godly inheritance. And we got to come up past that. And there's so much. If if we are under adoption, you know, now we already know that the Israelites have their history of long prophets. If you're of the adoption, then you can be proud of them too. Right. You come from a long line of people, man, that were in the trenches for real for Christ. And we don't want to live any less than they did. We want to be just like them. On that last day, well, we want to be like Christ, but they were like Christ. But on that last day, man, in the kingdom of heaven, you see yeah. David over here. Man, you see Jacob. You see all these guys in there. 
They call you by whatever your heavenly name is. You know, and you're one of them. Why? Because you were in the trenches. Yep. When your head was on that guillotine or whatever you suffered, if, if that ever happened, you know, you didn't forsake the Lord. Man, welcome to the club. You're one of us. You believe like we believe. So you are worthy of the inheritance of God. Now, some people would say, man, that's extreme. Guillotine, man, you're frightening me. But the point is, is, hey, this is what it's all about. If people don't know by now that that book was bathed in blood from start to finish, I mean, we have to know that this is a real spiritual warfare. And like in any warfare, you can lose your life. But the point is, is we're doing it for the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about him. We need to get real with this. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, you know. You know? And I mean, even that, you still choose to serve the Lord. That's what it's about, man. I mean, you know, I, I wish I had a prettier picture to paint in this all. But Jesus said we ought to forsake the things of this world. Why? These are the things that will make you lose your faith. Yep. When you think about what's going on with your family, with your husband, with your wife, with your kids. Man, you can't serve the Lord like that. I'm not saying don't love them and care for them. But he's the overall authority. Yeah. You know, what did Peter tell his wife when he was being crucified? Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. He didn't say... I love you, baby, you know, and just be strong for me. And, you know, uh, Peter, hey, remember the Lord, because why? If I'm going to see you later, that's where it's going to be. Well, also, I just thought of something, too, is that your husband or wife passes away. If you're so caught up in the emotional effects of them passing, the Lord can't use you. That's right. And some people never snap out of that. Yeah. Some people, I've seen people give up on the Lord because they lost a loved one and they blamed God. Mm-hmm. You know, well, how could the Lord let this happen? And they forget all about God. Yeah. So the Lord doesn't want us hung up with this. Of course, we love our dearly departed, you know, but the, the fact of the matter is, man, there's a mission and that mission is making it to the end of your race. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people starting this, man, and they're, you know, sprint somewhere around that, you know, yeah. They start burning out. Then before you know it, it's like, hey, man, you know, so how's your walk with the Lord? What Lord and what walk? I ain't in that no more. I suffered too much hurt in my life. I'm done. You're like, man, but you love the Lord. You always shouted for joy. You did all these things. And, you know, yeah, man, but I realized ain't no truth in that. I'm still hurt. So the Lord don't want you caught up in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. He wants you in the promise. Yep. If you stay in your soul, you'll die in the wilderness. It's that simple. You know, he wants to take you into the promise, but if you don't want to go, he ain't going to let you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to force you to come and take my gift. It's kind of like bringing you over here, and you're going <laughs> to like it. You know, you can't make someone do that. If right. they don't want to go, they don't want to go. Right. It's that simple. Didn't it seem like it cooled off a little bit since we stopped yeah. talking? Tiny bit, but not much. Yeah. That might have been like the spirit kind of lightening up. He might have been heavy on us tonight. Yeah, I'm cold. But I was warm as I was into it. And yeah, then all of a it sudden, it's like it just... Yeah, it was hot and humid, and all of a sudden, it was the right. Like it went back down. Yeah. That's the Lord saying, all right, close out. Oh, yeah, Jake, you want to present something, right? Yeah, it was something that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. So we do groups with the kids academically, mm-hmm. and I have to. I usually sit in the middle because one pinches me, but that's another thing. <laughs> that way I can get away from it quicker. Right. But uh, I, I had some math worksheets, and one 
they had to trace the numbers, then write the word, right. and then I think like color it. So it started with one, two, so on and so on. Right. And I kid you not, right on top, the next one for the next kid was six, six. And I looked at it, and I was going to have them do it. Right. And the board said no. So I took it, and I put it in the recycling bin. Right. And then my, I guess, carnal mind was like, no, I can't do that. I pulled it back out, and the board goes, no, put it back. <laughs> I put it back. And I was like, all right, go ahead and just do this one. And that was... You put another well, six yeah. in? No, no, no. Oh, I, was and, yeah, I, I went on to the next one. Oh, oh, okay. And it so happened to be seven, seven, seven. Wow. <laughs> That's revelation. That's been I, a little I, I can't make that up. Wow. And usually when he tells me something, it's like that. But this was like, no, take, put it back. <laughs> seven, seven, seven is next. And I was just like, wow. Oh, yeah. He'll show you things. I thought that was kind of cool. When so you like see that. things through spiritual eyes, man, you may get excited about something. Like, we all understand what you said. Right. To that the carnal mind. Coincidence. You know, I mean, come on. Coincidence. What was the likelihood for that to even happen? Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. That is so true. Oh, yeah, man. That's an awesome story, though. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Good thing you listen to the voice of the Lord. I know. Because, yeah, I pulled it back out, and I'm like, man, I I can't take their word for him. And he's like, no, put it back. Yeah, right. I was like, all right, I'm not going to argue. Yeah, really, that's right. We so, don't know what numbers mean in right. a lot of things, you know. And the Bible is loaded with numbers. Well, yeah. you know? And another thing was the teacher saw me and move on to the next one. It and he's, he's kind of, yeah, no, but he kind of looks at me. He's like, I was like, I'll talk to you about it later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah, it just, it was cool. That's awesome. So. <laughs> Uh, perfection. That's right. And I didn't get pinched, so there you go. <laughs> right, get the job. That's right. Oh yeah. Like Jake's cool. He's tossing my paperwork away. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what they were thinking. But I was like, you know what? I gotta mm-hmm. do what the Lord says. Exactly. Awesome, oh yeah. All right. I guess we'll close in prayer. That's it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Heavenly Father, I want to come to you tonight humbled before you, thanking you for another day that you have given to us. Thanking you for another opportunity that you have given to us all, Lord, to come to here and to study your truths and to draw closer to you. Lord, I want to thank you for everything that you've done for us, everything that you've given to us, everything that you've blessed us with and bestowed upon us. I want to thank you for your true and holy word and the ability that you've given us to understand it, Lord. Like-minded individuals under one spirit, one gospel, one father, one spirit. And Lord, I want to thank you for that because you have shared your secrets with us. But Lord, I pray and I ask and pray for all of us tonight that we would seek a, a closer relationship with you, Lord, so you can continue to guide and direct and lead us in all the things that you want us to do, that your will be done in our lives. Lord, and I want to thank you for everyone that's come tonight, Lord, and I want to pray for those that could not make it tonight as well, that you be with them, that you be with us all, Lord, that you build us up. I pray that you would be with Martin and Laura, Eric and Holly and Jackson, be with Jake, be with Mikkel and his uncle, Lord, whatever he's going through, Lord, 
I pray that you would touch and heal his body. If it be your will, let him continue on. But I'm praying, Lord, that he comes to know you. Lord, and be with Andrew and his mom and their family situation, that you would touch and heal them, Lord, that they would make you their father. Lord, and I pray that you would be with Tina and everything that she's going through, that you would bring her back to you before it's too late. Lord, and be with Sue and her husband, Dan and Tracy, Ed and his wife, Dick and Marge, Karen and their mom, so many others, Cammie and her husband and sister, and their baby, Lord, keep them safe. Lord, be with so many tonight. Be with everyone that attended the conference, Lord, that you would touch their lives as well. Lord, I'm praying that this ministry will grow. Lord, that it would branch out, that we would go into other places. Lord, let your will be done that eventually we are out in the streets preaching and teaching the gospel, not having fear of anything, not fear of loss of job, family, or friends, to know that you have us. But Lord, we've got to be separated, separated from this world, not considering ourselves with the affairs of this life, sanctified, filled with your Holy Spirit. I pray that we would be given into more prayer and fasting to kill off the flesh, Lord, to hear your voice, to commune with you, to know where you want us to go, who you want us to talk to, to eventually, Lord, not only have faith, but the gifts of faith, to heal the sick, open blind eyes, to raise the dead, Lord. This is not for our benefit, Lord, but it's to bring others to you. And it's more than just saying anything, Lord, but it's also being able to do what you want us to do. And I pray that you would help us to understand what that is, what it's about. Lord, that we would not have fear of persecution, trials, or tribulations. Lord, you said in your word that these things would happen, that if they persecuted you, if they hated you, they're going to do the same to us. But Lord, help us to understand what that means, to have the joy and the peace in it. Because we know that it just validifies and validates that you are real, Lord. That your word is truth and that we can take these things to others. Lord, be with those that need your hands of healing upon their lives tonight. Be with those that need to have demonic presence and spirits casted out of their lives so they can draw closer to you. Be with these individuals tonight, Lord. Be with our families. I also pray that you would be with Ryan and Jessica, Chantel and Derek. Lord, be with us all tonight. Be with those that need to draw closer to you, that need to have a more intimate relationship with you, those that need to call upon your name tonight, Lord those that are lost tonight, those within our families that are lost, those with our friends that are lost, Lord, that need to come to know you. Lord, I pray that you would press it upon their lives to know that you are the only way. Lord, I pray that you would guide and direct and lead our lives. Help us, Lord. I pray that you would light a fire under this ministry like no other, that we would have a, a hunger and thirst after your word so we can take these truths to others. Lord, I pray that you would build us up every day to bring lost souls to you. I pray that you would help us to, and see the spiritual warfare that's going on around us. Lord, I pray that we would take on the full armor of God because that is our defense against the enemy. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, I pray. Place your shield of protection around us. Guide and direct and lead us, Lord, into your truths and to all truths. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.